0: Welcome to the Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast with your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Welcome to Island B Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. Every Friday, I talk to a rookie who's making waves in the mortgage industry to find out how they're succeeding. And today, we have Ben Jeffrey, and I absolutely love this guy. He's got such great enthusiasm for the industry. You know, he hasn't been in it very long. He's already got 38 Google reviews, which is amazing considering the number of mortgages that he's funded. It's probably one of the highest percentage of review per Funded file that I've seen, and that's amazing. He was previously in the car business, and in the car business, he told me that you could only get promoted based on customer satisfaction, which means you had to do a really good job of customer service. He's applied that same principles to his mortgage business, and the guy is absolutely crushing it. This year, he's funded 37 mortgages already, and is on track to probably finish at 25 million dollars. And last year, he was brand new, so you know, six months into the business. A couple takeaways from this episode: he talks about the importance of mindset. Getting that right for him. We talk a bit about how his process, how he's able to generate those referrals, and just a great all around conversation with Ben. So, if you're listening to this, you're like, hey, like, how do I do that? How do I build a business that creates referrals? Go check out our brokerage, Allen B Mortgage Pros. Go to get10funded.com and check out a webinar that we have there. We can walk you through sort of how we can help you do some, the same thing as Ben. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo, for helping make these possible. So, go check out Finmo. It's a mortgage application, document collection, submission platform, and it's very easy to use. I love simplicity. If you get tripped up in the technology, and can spend a lot of time on it and waste a lot of time when it's not going to get you paid. You need technology that's easy to use, which is why we love it and why we have it for our new agents. You can check there out at finmo.ca. Anyways, hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk soon. Hey, Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. Thanks so much for having me. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself and where you're from?
1: Yeah. So I actually grew up on a farm just North London with three brothers on a sheep farm. And I genuinely care about other people's needs before myself. And I think that's one of the reasons what led me into the mortgage industry.
0: Right. So how did you get into the mortgage business? Because most people when they're in kindergarten don't be like, I'm going to be a mortgage broker or or a firefighter. Right. So how did you get into the mortgage biz?
1: Yes. It's so funny that you asked that. So I worked in the corporate world for about eight years and felt like I was just a number and wanted to make a difference in people's lives. Having known people in the real estate and mortgage industry, I saw there was a huge opportunity in terms of the customer service levels and just educating people on what mortgages are. Like When I got a personal mortgage of myself, I didn't even understand the process. I just knew I had to make a monthly payment and never miss a payment.
0: Right. So you saw an opportunity. And so in your previous career, can you talk about that? I think it ties into why you've had success in this. So what were you doing before you got into mortgages?
1: Yeah. So I managed enterprise rent car locations. And I learned so, so much from this company and the people that helped mentor me. But one of the interesting things about enterprise is can have the best sales in the world. But you can't be promoted without having impact service scores. And how the customer service scores would be ranked is there'd be you know twenty five clients that would get randomly called who rented a car, and they would have to say they were completely satisfied for you to get a positive score. So I've kind of taken that approach and moved it into my business now.
0: right. So basically, if there was any reason that they were not you know completely satisfied, And that came up then that would prevent you from getting promoted regardless of if you were crushing the sales because they were like the customer service was that important exactly right and i know how you run your business we've had other discussions and you absolutely this is tied right into it so when did you start and was it full-time part-time how did you dive into this
1: yeah so i actually started part-time back in august 2019 while i was working at enterprise i mean i was working 12 to 14 hour days so i really didn't have a whole a lot of time to do a deal or learn anything. So I did one deal in the, like my first six months in 2019. At the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, my company laid off a ton of people because of COVID. And honestly, it was the biggest blessing possible because I knew that I was transitioning out of the job. Started full-time as a mortgage broker in July, 2020, and haven't looked back. It's been probably the best thing that's ever happened to me.
0: Right. And so then you did one mortgage in 2019. How many mortgages did you do in 2020?
1: Yeah. So I did nothing prior to July, but from July to December, I did 15 deals.
0: Okay. And then what about this year? How's it gone so far?
1: This year I've closed 37 deals and I have 10 pending and 15 others who are just actually trying to find a house.
0: Right. And so where's your business coming from? Like where are you finding success as a new mortgage broker?
1: Yeah. So when I started out, it was, you know, realtors. I had one realtor that I did their family member's mortgage and they were turned down by so many different people. And I managed to come in here and it took a lot of hours to work it and managed to get the family member a mortgage. And then that realtor told her whole real estate office about me. And then next thing you know, the other realtors in the office started using me. So kind of just word of mouth. I also do get, I'd say, a good chunk of my business from financial planners and I would say out of the 37 deals I've closed so far this year, I've received 15 referrals just from clients referring me to their friends and family.
0: How many Google reviews do you have at this point? I believe somewhere around 38. That's a high number of reviews based on the number of files, because, you know, I know people that have got hundreds and hundreds of mortgages funded, but yet you'd see the reviews and they don't have them. So obviously you're creating a good experience, but are you reminding people, how are you getting that level of conversion into reviews?
1: Yeah, so I send out an email template where the file is going to be closing. I ask the client, hey, would it be okay if you took three to five minutes to leave me a Google review? Like it truly helps, you know, grow my business and builds a resume when people don't know who I am. They can find out who I am through my Google reviews. And then I actually usually send them a template within seven days of closing. So they've moved into their house, usually the first couple of days are moving in. And then on the seventh day, I would send them a Google link to leave me a review.
0: Right. Cause I just did the quick math on that. It's basically a 71% giving you a review, which is crazy high. I know some people who are very good at reviews and run a great business and they might be at 30% and I'm talking people with hundreds and hundreds of reviews, so that's amazing. So I think it's probably comes down to your customer experience, right? Like it's the way you take care of them throughout it. Let me ask you this. So was there any point that you kind of questioned if this was the right industry or that you doubted yourself? Cause sometimes, you know, when you're new, you go through this self-doubt. Do you have any of that at all?
1: So one of the biggest things I lacked coming into the industry was confidence. And I think that came from working in the corporate world for so long where I could do my job with everybody even having to think and then being thrown into the mortgage world saying like either sink or swim. So at the beginning, even my fiance would say like, you need to have a plan B. I grew up like my parents telling me like, you need to have a plan B in case this doesn't work out. And Arnold Schwarzenegger has this video I saw on YouTube. It's called, I hate plan B. And he talks about how if you have a plan B and you focus on your plan B, you're taking your mindset and your energy away from your plan A. So you're Mm. already telling yourself that if you have a plan B, you're going to fail. So his mindset is there's a plan A and that's it. It's either you're going to be successful or you're not. So there's no option. Just stick with plan A and don't have a plan B. And ever since that, I haven't looked back.
0: Right, so you have no plan B is what you're saying.
1: No, it's either I'm going to give 150% every day and every day try to grow 1% better, both personally and professionally in my business. And until I saw this question, I completely forgot that I even thought there once was a plan B.
0: Right. That's actually really good. It's kind of like the idea of, you know, burning the boats. There's this whole metaphor of we have to succeed because they burned the boats and they couldn't go back. And it sounds terrible now when you think about invading South America. But in any case, okay, so the hate plan B is a better way to think about this. So what surprised you most about the mortgage business? I would just
1: say the people involved, like having known some realtors and knowing the industry, I always thought it was kind of like dog eats dog, like, oh, hey, Scott, you're another mortgage broker. Like I would think that you're a terrible person and I would think we're in competition, but I was completely surprised by the fact that we're all here together to help support the greater good, which is ensuring people have proper mortgage products. And even just like the BDMs and underwriters, like, I feel like some of the people I've connected with, you start to create like a friendship, which only makes me enjoy my job even more.
0: Right. And you know what? Part of that is a reflection, I think, Ben, of your personality, because, you know, whatever you're sort of projecting out, people are going to reflect back to you, right? And so because you have that personality, you're getting people, they're like, wow, Ben's a great guy. So you're like, wow, everybody's so nice. It's because you're nice. I've seen other people that come into the industry and they're like, I can't believe these underwriters have a God complex. And I'm like, dude, that's you, you know, you've got to work on your internal issues. So that's really good. So I'm not surprised at all. That's what you've experienced. Yeah.
1: And one of the things I learned from the very get-go and I learned this from my mentor when I first started, was it's not all about mortgages. It's also about the relationships you build with your BDMs and underwriters. Like you have to remember that these are actual people behind the computer. And if you treat them like anybody should be treated, you know, everyone's here for the same purpose. If you are writing a BDM and you're being, you know, maybe not saying the most kind thing, like what you put in is what you're gonna get back.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. So there are two distinct skills you need to master as a mortgage broker, sales and underwriting. Which one was harder for you?
1: Underwriting. This is going to sound funny. When I started as a mortgage broker, I didn't know what an NOA or T1 was. I did my first father like, okay, so we need to collect the clients, you know, letter of employment. I knew that like pay stub, I knew that. And then notice of assessment T1s. I'm like, what's a notice of assessment? Like, meanwhile, as I worked as an employer previously, I had received them, but I just kind of, threw it on a desk and never looked at it again.
0: Right. But that's the true for most of our clients as well, though. Like they don't understand this stuff at all. Right. Yeah. It's not surprising at all, about that, okay. So the underwriting for sure. And then, you know, we did some coaching and stuff with you. So for you, what was your biggest takeaway of the training that we did together?
1: Yeah, I would actually say, so there's two things that they actually tie together. So one is mindset and the second is morning routine. I had built such a strong mindset, but, Every day looked completely different. So some days were good, some days were bad, and I was struggling in terms of, I felt like there wasn't enough time in the day. Once I started waking up at six in the morning, I would start doing the things that I didn't really want to do or didn't like as much to do. And I would get that done by seven o'clock before the rest of my day started and before the world started to wake up.
0: Right, yeah, I found for me too, man, it's like the bookend for my day. If I don't get that going, I'm off track totally. That's amazing. Okay. So let me ask some rapid fire questions. So, what's one thing people can't find out about you from Google?
1: I used to do uh, weightlifting and bodybuilding.
0: Oh, cool. That's why Arnold Schwarzenegger is kind of like your guy here. Like, hey, man, you know, I dig that guy. What's a movie everybody should watch at least once? Coach Carter. And what's one piece of tool or tech that you can't run your business without?
1: So, Buffini, Calendly, and Velocity.
0: You used Buffini as your follow up system or your CRM or what?
1: My CRM, so the brokerage I'm worth actually offers a training program through this and I highly recommend it. A lot of realtors actually use this. So I was very grateful to build my business so quick, but I wasn't thanking people or touching my clients. And by touching my clients, I mean like sending out letters or emailing or calling them. Mm -hmm. So that's actually what I do when I wake up at 6am, I handwrite my notes to my clients. So whether I'm doing Christmas cards or whatever it is to thank them or to thank a referral for, you know, thinking of me to refer me to their friend. That's the first thing I'm doing every morning. I'm I'm writing it anywhere between five to 10 cards every morning.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you said Buffini, what was the other ones? Calendy. Yeah. I
1: was not a huge believer in this until speaking to Denise and she was able to encourage me to start doing it. And I've actually only started doing it probably within the last month. And mm-hmm. it has saved so much time from me going back and forth to the client to see what time works for them. Instead, I say Here here's all the times I'm free, go ahead and book it. Right. And then Velocity, yeah. So when I first started, I was using Philogics, and yeah. I felt like it was an inefficient for my business in terms of like, it would take so long to load. Every time I did something I had to save. And as soon as I kind of got Velocity and Velocity does like all my send outs for like wishing people like a happy birthday, which I've actually had business come from that alone.
0: Right, that's awesome. What's the best advice you've received as a new mortgage broker?
1: Asking you shall receive. If you never ask, the answer will always be no.
0: So give me an example of what you mean, like ask who?
1: Good question. So a lot of people are intimidated or don't want to pick up the phone call to call a realtor or to call a client or, for example, hey, Mr. Client, this is the rate I'm able to give you. Is it okay with you if I submit this to the lender for an approval? Like you asking the client for their permission or you're asking for the realtor for their business. If you never asked that question, how did they know that you wanna do business with them?
0: Right, yeah, absolutely. It's critical that you build that. We call it the ask muscle. Knowing what you know now, if you were to start over today, what would you do different?
1: Start training and coaching earlier. So I started doing NLP coaching probably about a year before I got into the mortgage business. And then started doing like confidence coaching, like mindset affirmations. But I wish I got into doing actual mortgage training. In some cases, I felt like I was alone and defeated. But having known I could have done coaching and training at an earlier part of my career, I would be that much closer to where my goals would be.
0: Right. What are you going to think you're going to end this year? And what's your goal for next year?
1: This year, I'm looking to end between 23, 25 million. And next year, my goal is 50 million.
0: Right, you're gonna need some support to do that, brother. We've already talked about this, you know about the importance of, you know, getting the right help and stuff.
1: Hire for the business you want, not the business you have. But I'm a huge believer, and I actually learned this at the beginning of this year, I set a goal that was too low. And then once I hit that goal, I was trying to find a powerful enough why to wake up every day and do what I do and do mortgages. I challenge everybody to set goals that seem unrealistic, because if you put your mindset to it, that unrealistic goal is going to become a reality.
0: Right. And then, because like you did, you had to reconfigure your why, right? At one point, you're like, wow, I remember we had chatted about this before too. So that's important to really get clear on why are you doing this? Why are you putting yourself through this? You know, the struggle of learning a new thing and all of that stuff, unless you're really clear on the why. I think that's a really good lesson for people to take away from this conversation. Awesome, Ben. I really appreciate chatting with you, brother. I know you're going to continue to crush it. We'll be chatting again. Thanks, Scott. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.